Welcome to the Glory Podcast. We're so glad that you're listening. Our mission is to declare God's glory. Please visit glorychurchkc.com to hear all of our other messages. so excited that you are here with us. Uh, I know many of you, you're like ducking out as soon as possible to get your house ready for that Chiefs uh, game, and I get it. Um, but I'm honored to have you here with us. If you're watching online, uh, thank you so much. Uh, for those who are maybe visiting for the first time or first time in a long time, my name is Greg McKinney. My wife and I are the lead pastors here. You can call me Greg, Pastor Greg, whatever you want. Uh, I'll answer to it. Um, but it is so good to have you what he just, what we just saying, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let me down. I cannot remember uh, how many times in my life when I uh, have said that when I should. Uh, I can't remember times like that. Often I think, God, you're gonna let me down. You're gonna let me down. You're gonna let me down. And in fact, it is so fitting for this stage of the wait to sing something like, No, God, you're never gonna let me down. No, God, you're never gonna let me down. And speaking that over us and into this. And so if you've been with us for a while, you know we're in a season, a series called Waiting, uh, called The Wait. And this is week three of it. And we've been taking it stage by stage, uh, season by season, because there are some different seasons attached to waiting. Um, but if you are new or maybe you've missed some weeks, I'm confident that you can sit in on this and, and engage and hear. Because what I know to be true about all of us is that we've all waited for things. Every single one of us have been stuck in a waiting period, and it's been hard, and you feel like it's limbo, or God is silent, or there's so many or too many unknowns, uh, the wait is real. And so I actually have a truth right at the, 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 the top, all right, a truth for you all. And so if you're taking notes, you can go for it, but it's going to tie last week's with this week's, and it's what my thoughts dwell on, my eyes will see. Do you remember saying that last week, that uh, I brought up my daughter, she, she sometimes uh, can, can get stuck on the negative in life. If she thinks she has a bad day. It's like 10 a.m. in the morning, and she's like, my day is just terrible. And I'm like, it's the morning is just, it's still here. Um, but if she thinks it's going to be a bad day, then she will begin picking out and noticing everything that fits that claim. Because what our eyes or our thoughts dwell on, our eyes will see, but we're going to take it a step further today because what our eyes see our voices will start communicating. Our mouths will start talking about. Either we're excited about it or we can't wait for it. And that's why you've probably talked so much about what you think the end result of today's game is going to be because what your eye, your thoughts are on, your eyes are all about, and your, your mouth is going to start communicating it. And this is going to lead us into this week. Uh, if you have been with us, you know that every single week I've got my jar of dirt. And today it looks a little different, right? It's because the, uh, the season of waiting will look different as it progresses because there is growth attached to it, but what we're waiting on is not yet. And so if you remember, this whole series has been coming from and lining up with uh, James chapter 5. James is Jesus' brother, and so this man knew Jesus yet doubted the whole time of who he was until the very end. Um, but now he's writing this, this letter, and in James chapter 5, he says, Beloved, loved ones, be patient. And, and in fact, be patient like the farmer who waits for the early rains and the late rains. Be patient, because he knows one day the crop will be, will be uh, finished, he, the harvest will come, and the wait will be worth it. And so he says, so you too must wait. So you too must wait. 
And James even writes, so strengthen your hearts for the, the coming of the Lord is near. And so this whole series has been about strengthening our hearts in the wait. Like the farmer waits, we've got to wait. And this morning, you can tell that there's some changes. Because if you remember from last week, uh, we, we talked to the second stage of the waiting process, which we called the watch. You're going to say, I'm, I'm such a good pastor for having all of these be a W. All right, so the first one, we talked about the wait, and then last week was the watch, and this week will be another W, but we'll get there but the watch, you remember, it's not about doing anything. Sometimes when you're waiting for God to do something, all you can do is just watch. It's just watch. And so this is the farmer who planted something, and he planted it, and now his job is to just wait and to take notice. And we talked last week how sometimes the growth is unseen, and so the farmer just watches and you remember, he watches in anticipation, not in obsession. You remember that? Because anticipation will pray a lot, but obsession will complain a lot, uh, will complain. And so the, fa- the, the farmer knows right now I just see and I pray. I pray through my doubts. I pray through my fears because nothing has broken through. But naturally, the watch will have to end because now things start growing and there's work to be done. There's things to start proclaiming. And you know, like, Quickly, the, uh, the season of watching, the stage of watching can become very unhealthy because uh, if this keeps growing and the farmer just is like, I'm just watching, nothing good's going to happen because there's work to do now. Uh, there, there's some natural work to do before the harvest ever goes. And so this, uh, there's a natural shift in the stage. And so we're moving because I got this, I wrote this down, any growth, even the smallest glimpse of it will demand a response. So now you see this bad boy has, has changed a little bit, right? Something has grown. It hasn't grown. I, I, it hasn't. I just plucked this in here this morning. Um, and uh, joke's on me. This is rosemary. It's not getting very tall, all right? <laughs> But in your mind, it can be, uh, you know, corn or something bigger, all right? So you just shift that in your head and we're going. But there's change that naturally happens. And as change happens, it demands a response. And so we're calling this stage the winds, the winds. Uh, we're calling this the winds. And I will tell you right now that the hardest thing to do is this stage. This is a make or break. And I promise you, you thought waiting was hard or watching was hard. This one is hard too. And it's hard because as a culture embedded with farming, the Israelites knew that sooner or later we will be pushed into doing something. We'll be pushed out of the watch and into something new, and the enemy knows that waiting is sometimes the most vulnerable thing we can do as people. Waiting is so vulnerable. We are vulnerable. Some of you have been marking lines on a tally marks on a wall in your mind for far too long, and you're so vulnerable in the wait. And the enemy knows that if he can get you stuck in the watch and never move on into the winds, then he can get you to completely destroy your effectiveness in the waiting period because there's stuff for us to start cultivating now. There's things for us to begin doing as we wait. And if we never transition from watching to now doing the winds, we will miss it completely. And so there are two common deceptions that happen right here. 
And this is biblical proof, and we got some uh, all throughout the Old Testament. These things happen. And so the enemy knows during the winds, if I can get them to only see and only see and dwell on their doubts, their worries, the, the things that aren't growing, if I can get them to notice the losses, then they will spiral down and never own the winds. Or the opposite is true. If I can get them to become so self-reliant on the fact that things are winning, that I can get them to praise the work of their hands and forget the real winner. And so the winds are very powerful because I've been stuck in a season of waiting before. And depending on what I'm waiting on, I either swing to this deception of getting hold on the losses, or I swing to this deception of, okay, Greg's got this. I've got this. And so over the course of the Bible, we see this. But there's a question that we will have to ask ourselves every single day, and we have to correctly answer it. And the question is this, what will I be moved by today? What will I be moved by today? Because the winds are all about being moved by something because now there's movement attached to this. Literal breakthroughs have happened uh, all around and now we have to do some movement. But what will I be moved by more? Another way we could say is what will I be motivated by? What will motivate me into action? And so let's put these two deceptions in perspective. For some of you, the question more defined should be, um, will I be moved more by today's losses or by today's gains? Some of you will connect a lot with this. Think about the, the farmer. He knows how many seeds he planted. He knows. He had a whole lot of seeds. And all of those workers spent a whole lot of time making sure that they were all planted and everything was done. And then the rains came. Everything was going smoothly. But what happens if less than half of what he planted is breaking through? That's more than half is a loss. And then what happens if the, the, the less than half that broke through actually uh, only a portion of them survive? What if the locusts come? Or what if the, the sun is too hot and it kills? I will tell you it's very easy for the farmer to, to count his losses instead of focusing and being moved by the winds. And right now where you're at, you could be the same. What happens? Because often I think... <laughs> The God who got me this far, what's going on? All these losses. What's going on? What will I be moved by more today? Losses or wins? If I can be completely vulnerable with you, this is my go-to deception for a lot. A lot of my waiting periods. Because I feel like sometimes I make one step forward and then it's like 27 steps back. And I'm like, I thought I had this. Or a door opened and the whole wall that the door was attached to just blows up. And I'm like, okay, where do I go now? What do we do now? Like, God, I thought you were working and now things are different. And the enemy knows if I can get him to not look at this and look at the endless amount of dirt that's surrounding it, then I've got him. If I can get him to own and wonder about everything underneath of of what could be instead of what is, then I've got him. Because the winds are not about the losses. The winds are about the winds. The winds. And what ushers a farmer forward is to praise God for it. I wrote this down, that many times those negative experiences or small failures, maybe in some of your life, you're trying to get your life together. And you've been praying for a while, God, will you do this, do this, and things are happening, but there's small failures, setbacks. And I will tell you every time, untimely setbacks sometimes, that job loss when you were like, no, I'm finally paying down this debt. And then the job loss comes. 
But every one of those I wrote are quick to tie up my thoughts, bind them in knots. They are quick to uh, take captive my perception. And I also put this one, and this is, they gain the upper hand in my decision making. Soon enough, I start making decisions based on all the empty dirt versus uh, what is growing. Have you ever done that? Like you start making decisions based on the losses versus the things that, that are actually good in your life. And so then you start acting as if the dirt is all around versus no God is around. And this is evidence. This little thing of rosemary is evidence that God is around. So I will tell you the wins are all about making this daily decision every single day. For those of you who get stuck on losses, every single day to believe, no, this win, this small mundane natural win is worth it. It's real. And it proves that God is here and he is, he is worthy to be praised. So the farmer praised God for the sun. And I know it comes every day, but the sun today is growing this plant. So thank you, God, for that. God, I'm going to praise you right now for the, the, the dew. Because the dew, though it comes every day, it is watering what is growing. So God, thank you for the dew. God, I thank you for the workers who showed up. Yes, yeah, some might not be here, but the ones who are are going to tend that which you've grown. And so thank you for for that. And the wins are all about it. The wins are about praising the winner. Now, I will say you're not discounting the losses. Mourning the losses are a real thing. But do not get so caught up in mourning the losses that you do not notice the power of the wins, right? God says, like, over and over throughout the Bible, like, do everything for the glory of the Lord. And all that we're doing, uh, glorify him. And I will tell you, mourning losses are glorifying to God, but getting stuck in the losses are not. Right? Getting de debilitated by the losses are not. And so write this down. The small win of today proves that my God is still working. And sometimes it's just that. The fact that I'm smiling today proves that my God's still working. The fact that I'm here today proves that my God is still working. The fact that the sun is out, the birds are chirping, is just proof that my God is still working and the farmer has to believe. Even if a small fraction of his crops are growing, he will stop and say, no, my God's crops are growing. And so I will praise him for the winds. It's hard to believe. And I will tell you, we'll get very practical at the end because the practical of how to do this daily is actually going to apply to both of these deceptions. So before we get into this other deception, which goodness gets me all the time, I do have some truth for you. Today's loss, and some of you need to know this, this past week's loss, it cannot damage the assurance of God's work. So to those getting stuck in the losses, I need you to know that this past week's loss, this past week's loss, this past month's loss, it does not damage the work of the winner, right? Like his victory has already been seen. It's been decreed. It's been shown on the cross. His victory is there and today's loss cannot determine the assurance. It cannot damage it. It will not halt it. It will not silence his voice. His voice is still speaking. And so now for all of us who maybe are stuck on this other side, the enemy knows if I can get them spiraling down in self-reliance, I can halt their ability to see God. 
And so this is a completely opposite direction, but the, the question that we've got to ask ourselves is sort of similar to the other one. Will I be moved more by the voice of my flesh or by the voice of praise? And this is something we've got to own because some of you, you're, you're like, I'm so overwhelmed with the losses that I'm not even here. But there's times when you will be right here where things are happening because I need you to let this get, let it sink in a little bit. Because let's go back to the farmer. What happens when he wakes up and the vast majority of what was once plain dirt is now beautiful greens? And it's gorgeous. And it's this exalted look. Like he's, he's like, I didn't even plan that this would happen. And now greens are growing and it's growing and things, the best conditions keep happening for their family. Now I'll tell you what the enemy wants us to do is now notice this and maybe be like, okay, I've got this. Honey, we've got this. You know that addition we've been wanting? Like we can now put it into play. Like you know the addition that we've been, we've been planning for? Like we're going to get some money from this. Think about how easy it could be to take the beautiful work when things are going good and then spin out our flesh's desires in it. Be altered in a completely different direction. Because I need you to know, do these shoots give the farmer, let, let's, let's act like they're everywhere. All of the sprouts are just everywhere. Do those sprouts give the farmer the ability to now go home and start strategizing what he's going to do with all the income it's going to provide. Does that, does that give the farmer the ability to now say, all right, I've got this. Now I know how to do this. We'll hire on more hands. We will be able to get this done. We will, we'll have this and then that and then that, and then we can finally get this done and then that. I will tell you often when things start going good, it's just like humanity, right? Just like humans at the first sign of blessing to go all on self-reliance, right? Just to be like, I've got this. I've got this. I can do this. Oh, we've got a good thing going, hun, and we can start planning for this, a retirement early, whatever. Like we, when the good happens, all right, God, you finally gave me this relationship I've been praying for. Now I've got this. Now I'll start making decisions and maybe crossing boundaries that I know, but like I've got, like you finally gave it to me and now I can act. Now I can act. And so the enemy knows that these two deceptions are going to happen, but the winds are about reestablishing who is going to get the glory for this. It's about reestablishing who is going to get the glory for this. Everything we do, Paul says in Colossians, whether by word or in deed should be done for the glory of the Lord. And so every blessing then, every good act, Paul says, is now for him. And so we bless because we've been blessed. And I will tell you the biggest thing, the hurdle, and it's, we're having good plans with it. But sometimes it's not the plan that God has. And it's been this, uh, we get blessed with a whole lot of puzzle pieces that we weren't ready for. And we didn't realize all of these puzzle pieces were going to be at play. And so we're quick, some of your problem solvers, you're quick to try to strategize the best way to do it. And you're trying to think in advance. And God's just like, no, praise me for giving you puzzle pieces. Just stop and praise. Praise me for the fact that you woke up and saw a lot of green. Just pause and praise. And this is the hardest thing for us to do. And so I'll tell you, I wrote this on, you know that you are struggling with this when your first reaction to a blessing is either consumption or strategy. And goodness, I get this a lot. 
when God does something and I just want to sit back and consume it and consume it like me. Now, now God wants us to sit back and praise him. God wants us to sit back and praise him. But when our first reaction to a blessing is either consumption or strategy, we know that we're struggling with the winds. What I mean by strategy is when you're like, all right, now what are we going to do? Now, where's this going to go? Now, how is this going to be planned for us the better, the better way? How can we work these blessings to be good in the long haul? No, just stop and praise the winner. Because it wasn't me. It wasn't you. I will tell you the enemy loves these deceptions because if he can do this to the farmer, then he can destroy a whole lot of crops. And how does he do that? There's biblical proof that when uh, Old Testament, there's this beautiful time in, I think, Micah, where God says, my people knew me and I blessed them, but then they were satisfied and they forgot me. And I think like my people knew me, I, 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 gave, I blessed them. Then they became satisfied and they forgot me. And there's this awkwardness of like, it's not even there yet. Like I, the, the rosemary is here, I get it. But the, the crop is not here yet. And so the blessing that which you've been praying for has not come yet. But the good things that are happening, we're like, all right, I've got this. I can do this. And the enemy knows the moment that I, Greg says, I've got this. He's like, I've got him. I've got him. The moment that Greg says, I've got this, the enemy knows I've got him. I've got him because we strategize and the enemy knows if I can hinder this, then I will hinder the greatness of the harvest. And it's not because I'm hindering what God's doing. I'm hindering the work that they're called to do to cultivate it. And they're not praising him. And so they're denying him and they're going to inevitably miss out more and more. And it's that God doesn't work in this like uh, divine genie kind of thing. But the reality is that when we overlook his blessings, we often miss out on being a part of it. And that's the issue with this deception. We become self-reliant. My people were blessed. They were satisfied. And then they forgot me. They forgot me. And so regardless of the losses, the wins are a reason to worship. And regardless of the wins, the winner is worthy to be praised, right? Now, regardless of what losses are in my day, the wins are, are worth praising. And regardless of what winds may abound all around me, the winner is still worthy to be praised. Now we've got to let that sink in. And as we get into this, this is throughout scripture. Did you realize that when uh, victory happened by the, the troops of Israel, that they would build an altar and sometimes name it based on what God did? Uh, the, yeah, like uh, when, when God brought them through a heartache, they would change and rename a whole city based on what God did there. And it's like, that city's not yours. I know, but God won the victory. And so we're naming it that. Uh, God won the victory. Or when uh, things happened, when the, the early rains fell, historically a huge feast would happen. They don't know if anything's going to come from this, but a huge feast, a celebration would happen because God, you brought the early rains. When the sun would rise, the psalmist would sing. You know, there's, when winds would take place, things would happen. And the most uh, really beautiful one is found in Nehemiah, and we're going to read it. Uh, if you know anything about the story of Nehemiah, it is that he was convicted. Uh, he's, he's serving in a, with a king, and this king treats him really well. He does. I, I would challenge you, if you want to read a really good story, read Nehemiah from start to finish. Uh, the king treats him really well. 
but he's not with his people and he gets convicted that my city lies in ruins while I'm living in luxury. And like, I, I got to be a part of this. And so he, he asks his king if, uh, if I can rebuild my city's walls and the king actually sends him with resources. And it's just this beautiful promise and, and Nehemiah thrusts himself into the season of waiting. And there's waiting to be done because it started right with this dream and desire. Then he finally uh, asked and he watched what God would do with the mouth of the king. And if you know anything about Nehemiah 1, Nehemiah is freaking out about if this king is going to kill him for wanting to do this. But then God provides. And now he has real resources and he goes to the people. And in verse 17 of chapter 2, Nehemiah says, Then I said to them, You can see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. So come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. And he continues, I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. And they replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. And verse 19 says, And when Senbalai, the the Huronite, uh, and Tobiah, the Anamite, Ammonite official and Geshem the Arab heard about it. Those three, they mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you're doing? They asked. Are you rebelling against the king? And I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem. So you don't have to. You have no share in this. Uh, This isn't your place. You have no historic right to it or claim. And then it says in verse 1 of chapter 3, Eliashib, the high priest, and his fellow high priests, they went to work. And they rebuilt the sheep gate. And they dedicated it. And set its doors in place, building as far as the Tower of a Hundred, which then they dedicated it. And as far as the Tower of Hanel, and then the men of Jericho built the adjoining section, and Zakur, son of Amor, Imri, whatever, uh, built the next to them. And then there's this ongoing list. But did you catch what they did? When a gate was built, when, the, when a section of the wall was completed, they dedicated it to the Lord. They dedicated it to the Lord. Now, this is seen periodically when they completed the whole wall. Guess what they did? They dedicated it to the Lord. They dedicated it. This is set apart. In fact, what this means is by dedicating that work, they claimed it as sacred. They claimed it as sacred. They claimed it as beautiful. They claimed it as set apart. They claimed it as as something to be used for the purposes of God. It was special. It was sacred. And I always tell you, often we overlook this dedicating, that it was set apart. And I will tell you, the enemies, they constantly mocked Nehemiah. Like at the beginning, you saw this, and they, they, they not mocked him. But as they were building the wall, they mocked him. They would come with, with, with swords and they were ready to fight and demolish the wall. But Nehemiah, they just kept going. They believed that this is worth it. And so at every advancement, they dedicated it to the Lord. They set it apart as separate. This is for the special use. They claimed it as sacred. This is set apart for God's glory, his use. And I will say, this is what you need. For those struggling with losses, what would it look like for you to start looking at the wins in your life and dedicating them to the Lord. 
This is something I'm using for the purposes of God. This is something I'm using. Now let's get a little practical. That conversation that maybe it was a step in the right direction, but it maybe didn't hit the grounds like you wanted it to. It didn't end like you wanted, but it was a step in the right direction. What if you pause and say, God, I dedicate that conversation to you for for the use of your glory, for your purpose, because I'm claiming this as a win and I'm dedicating it to the winner. Or let's say the night that you had no nightmares about your past. Last night you slept in like a baby. You pause and you dedicate last night to the Lord. Last night, God, you are getting the glory that was for your purposes, and so I'm dedicating it. Now, this sounds so mundane and simple, but this is transformative to our hearts. I'm dedicating this work, and people, the enemy's like, you're, you're, you're dumb for dedicating this. You've only got a section of it. Like the wall's not done. You, this is a small little gate in comparison to the massive thing. Why are you dedicating this gate? And it's because I'm not the winner. And so I'm going to dedicate this to the one who is. And so let's keep going. The day where maybe for the once you did not go back to your addiction. Dedicated to the Lord. I'm dedicating this day. This is set apart for your purposes, God, because I made it the whole day or the morning where you genuinely smiled for the first time. Or you, you made a real funny laugh. And you, know, you haven't laughed in a while, but for some reason that made you laugh. Dedicating this moment to the Lord. And you're like, this sounds so cheesy. Yet you're going to focus on all the losses until you start owning the fact that God is growing you. And you dedicate it for his purposes. Or maybe when that song came on for the exact right moment, those words, God, I dedicate this for your purposes. You see, if the watch is about praying, then the winds are all about praising. All about praising. If the watch is about praying, right? You're you're supposed to just pray in anticipation and the winds are constantly about praising. Praising God, praising God, praising him. And so God, I'm dedicating this to you. There's a small and, and real advancement that happened today that you need to dedicate. There's a real advancement that happens, even if it's, hey, I woke up and showed up to church this morning. So God, I'm dedicating this day, this thing, this act for you and your purposes. I believe you're going to do something with it, but let's go all the way over to this section. Because I'll tell you, as we, we own the fact that there are a lot of good things happening, we need to dedicate them to the Lord or else we will start getting the claim for it. We will start getting the praise for it. And so for some of you, before you fantasize about what you could do with this blessing, dedicate it to the Lord. What you could do with this new relationship that is finally starting, dedicate it to the Lord. Before you start putting all the puzzle pieces yourself, you pause and you dedicate it to the Lord. God, you're going to use this for your glory. This is, this is not for mine. I'm reestablishing right now that you're doing something. And so all of this out here, it's yours. I dedicate it to you. I'm not going to move on it until I praise you for it. I'm not going to move on it until I praise you for it. That extra paycheck that can maybe finally going to do what you've been wanting, just dedicate it to the Lord. And I promise as we do this, discernment will be our direction. Like discernment will be our thought process. But until we dedicate it, we will always go to our flesh for what to do with our blessings. My flesh has a lot of good ideas of what to do with my blessings. But no, God, I dedicate this. I dedicate this conversation. I dedicate this advancement. I dedicate it. My growing relationship with you is dependent on me praising you for me growing. Like, I, I, it's dependent on my praise. And so the winds, whew, 
Are they going to be hindered by the losses in your life? Or are they going to be hindered by your plans of what to do with the wins? So today, as we close, I got these two questions again. What will you be moved by? Today, what will you be moved by? Today, will you be motivated by all that God is doing around you and starting praising him for it? Or are you going to be motivated by all that you think you should do because of it? Are you going to be motivated by what isn't going the way that you thought? Are you going to be motivated by, by the person who isn't in your life anymore? Are you going to be motivated by the, the, the thing that isn't growing? Or are you going to be motivated by that which is and the praise given to the one who's doing it? And so the last question I have for you right ahead too, this one is what in your life needs to be dedicated? right? Like you could go on and hear this whole thing, but until you start this practice, you are not going to get the endurance to make it through the weight because this practice provides us with endurance. This practice of thankfulness, whatever you do, be thankful, right? This is throughout scripture. This is how we can do it. This is how we do it. Dedicating this to God. So what are some wins today that you can already say, God, I set apart this for your purposes, I set apart this for your use, your use, for your glory, not mine. Will you pray with me? God, this church I set apart for your purposes. God, every advancement that we've made in the, in the last few months, we set apart it for your purposes. Because we know at the end of the day, our ground would constantly be just plain dirt, our life would constantly just be plain dirt if it wasn't for you and your blessings. Again and again and again, I'm not here because anything I've done. We are here because all that you've grown in us. And so God, protect my eyes from seeing the losses. God, protect my eyes from seeing the losses. Let me mourn them in, in, uh, in grace, mourn them like I should, but God, let me praise you for what you are doing. And God, forgive me of every time when I've been satisfied and I forgot you. Let us lean into the winds today. To you be the glory. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Glory Podcast. For more information about this message or Glory Church, please visit glorychurchkc.com.